0: Welcome to Don't Die Before You're Dead. This is your host, Mary McCartney, and this is where we talk about all things related to living the life that you were meant to live. And of course, that means making the choices that are going to allow you to live that life. How do we learn to make choices? I was thinking about that earlier today, and it, it crossed my mind that there's no real studies on decision making. I know as a retired high school teacher that I didn't teach anything specifically about that. And I got looking and thinking about things when I was growing up. And of course, like most people, when you know we start out as children, our parents make our choices for us. Obviously we can't and shouldn't be making some of those choices. And do they really explain the whole ins and outs of making the decision? over time, I guess, as we can, you know, learn from them, and as we understand some of the reasoning behind it, but, you know, I'm not sure about you, but I know as a teenager, there were a lot of times when I questioned what my parents were trying to decide for me and really didn't agree with them a whole lot. And of course, like most, I suppose the old, you know, parent, teacher, teenager struggles began about who's really in charge. And in many cases, you know, we as children, as young teens, as young adults are in a position of making decisions when maybe we don't have all the information. I had a hard time adjusting to the fact that adults were making decisions for me. Um, Many of you would know that, you know, my mother gave me away when I was young, and um, I was a put into foster care and that was not great. And then I was adopted as a, to be an only child in a, you know older people's homes. And um, I got to the place where I thought I could do a better job. And you know that didn't turn out so well. What we think we know and what we know sometimes aren't the same thing. And that's exactly what I did. And in my last year of high school, I got angry and decided I was going to take charge. So I promptly quit school and and married my boyfriend, and um, off we went into happily ever after, except it really didn't turn out that way. Five years later, and two young boys, uh, the marriage dissolved, and uh, realizing that, you know, that decision really didn't work well, and I had no one to blame but myself. And what did I do? I promptly turned around, did exactly the same thing all over again. Married husband number two, had two more boys, Ended up divorced and raising four boys on my own, pretty much. So I wasn't really excelling in the decision making department. And after that, it became harder and harder for me to make decisions. I didn't trust myself anymore. Some of the decisions were easy, some of them obviously are harder than others. And, you know, I got thinking today, well, how do we go about making decisions? How do we learn what what is the process? And I didn't really know how I got to the place where I could learn to make decisions and wondered after that as to why I became so indecisive. Do you know indecisive people? They can be very hard to get along with. And I can remember when I met husband number three in teacher's college, we had this test we did in class one day. And, you know, it was one of those personality tests to figure out, you know, what you're good at, what you're not good at. And my test showed that I was indecisive. And it was kind of like, Oh, am I really? I don't know. Am I indecisive? I'll have to think about that. But the answer to the question, obviously, was yes. And when, uh, when husband number three, and I actually, when we were looking to get married, I was going to be his third wife, and it was kind of like, well, neither one of us know really how to make these decisions. Maybe we need some help. And and of course, that's exactly what we did. We sought some outside counseling to help us sort through the decision-making process. But what what do we use to make decisions? How do we figure out what's the best approach for us, especially in big, big decisions? You know, what we have for breakfast or what we eat for dinner really have no consequence. I mean, is there a right or a wrong answer? Probably not. If we have too much of one thing, our bodies will certainly correct that for us and tell us but in big decisions, you know, buying a house, buying a new car, um, you know, what whether to invest in certain properties or, or shares and stocks and finances, those things take a lot of research in the decision making department. So let's think about, you know, buying a new car. We get to the place, I think, where, you know, the one we've got is costing us a lot of money. Have you ever been in a situation where, you know, you're scratching your head and you think, oh my gosh, you know, this car is costing me more money. I need to fix it up again. How do I keep, how much do I keep on putting into this beast before I decide that, you know, I better put my money into something else? And then it's a it's a gamble there, too, because if you're, you know, looking at buying another used car, then are you buying more problems down the road again? So, you know, some of us is, you know, especially those of us who aren't mechanically inclined, it's it's difficult to know how to make those decisions. For many of us, perhaps it's the old trusted, and I use that term loosely, pros and cons list. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that two column pros on one side, cons on the other, should I, shouldn't I? And, you know, it really isn't a good process because we're too apt to to put our own biases in. We really want our side and we've probably picked a side before we even started. And so we look for all of the reasons that are going to support our side. And so our thinking becomes skewed we work a little harder. So if we really want something, and it's the pro side of the of the equation, we keep adding to it. We keep thinking and, and digging deeper. And, and the other side, we just kind of leave because we really don't want it to be that full, you know, we want it to be very visual, you know, I've got 12 things on the pro side, and only four things on the con side. Obviously, I must be I must be able to do this. That must be the right decision for me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Have you ever done that? Surely I'm not the only one that's done that. It kind of reminds me of the to-do list where, you know, you don't get around to doing the things that you put down there that you were supposed to do, but you end up adding all the things that you did do just so you can cross them off and feel better. It's very emotional um, decision making, you know, when it's based like that. You know, we, we've already picked a side and now we're just trying to justify it. So this is a true, true um, process. Is it something we should really be using? Probably not. So in my, in my workshops and in my uh, researching ways of being able to come up with tools to help my clients, I came across something called the Cartesian logic and this really is a decision making tool that doesn't lend itself very well to skewing the results it does promote you into deeper thinking on all aspects it's a it's a quadrant there are four sides or four sides four squares to the the process and it really does require some honest thinking some some looking at things from all sides it's like holding up a cube And looking at it from a 360 angle, you're not really looking at any one particular side, it's it's harder to have that bias. And I think bias can exist, we can fudge the details or fudge the results if we want to. But primarily, if you're looking for a way to come up with an honest evaluation of whether you should or should not do something, then I would suggest the Cartesian logic system might be a better, more useful tool to come up with a more um, fact-finding mission, more of of a fact-based decision-making as opposed to the emotional decision-making. And it doesn't mean you're going to like the decision any better, and it doesn't mean that you're going to choose that decision. But at least you'll have an idea of what would be In your best interest, whether you choose to follow it or not is anybody's guess. And, you know, some people will just decide to run with the emotion after the fact, even though they've looked at it more in a more logical manner. So Cartesian logic is exactly that. Let's let's take a look at uh, what it would mean. So getting back to thinking about buying a new car, is this something that is a good idea for me to do at the time? Let's look at it from a Cartesian logic point of view, rather than just, um, you know, the pros and cons that we can fix easily. So what is Cartesian logic? Well, think of four squares. There's, There's four quadrants to this. And so the upper one is looking at, yes, you will buy a new car. So the first question you ask yourself is, what will happen if I do? What will happen if I do buy a new car? Well, I know how the first thing I was thinking of is I look and feel great. Not every day you buy something like that and just the experience of it, you know, it's it's exciting. And I mean, the therein there's the emotional aspect of it. Hey, wow, this is awesome. And I can go and show it to my friends. But also, if your car's been giving you a lot of grief and it's uh, causing you, issues with repairs and breakdowns, you won't have to worry about that. So if you get a car, if you get a new car, at least for some time, you don't have to worry anymore. You've got something much more dependable and much more reliable that you won't get stranded somewhere. You will also perhaps have car payments unless you decide that you're going to go ahead and spend the cash out of your savings account. But that's what will happen if you do. Feel great, look great, no worries about breakdowns, and you'll have some car payments. The other side of that quadrant, that top part would be, what will happen if I don't? So what happens if I don't buy a new car? Well, you might be inconvenienced by the breakdowns or the sudden need of repairs. Having car trouble, not being able to get to where you want to go when it's time to go. And, you know, you can't always find good help when you need it. So if you're broken down somewhere, um, I carry CAA. I learned a long time ago that, you know, when when I'm stuck, I'm stuck and I need to get unstuck fast. And I have found the investment of having an automobile, roadside assist, whatever it is you choose, to be really worth the money. And if you don't get a new car, then you don't have car payments. So that won't happen. You won't have to worry about tying up your money into car payments and, and having to budget differently. So that's that's the top part of that four quadrant. Now, so the bottom part of the quadrant is what will not happen if I do buy a new car? What won't happen? So what won't happen? Well. Maybe you won't be going out to dinner as often. Maybe those special retreats you would go to or, you know, going out to the movies or those things that you'd like to do. Now, perhaps with car payments, you won't be able to do those kinds of things. What won't happen if I buy a new car? Well, you won't have the breakdowns. We've talked about that already. You also won't have to maybe feel somewhat embarrassed. Have you ever had a car where you know, it didn't look quite as good as everybody else's. I mean, not that I think it's a good idea to try and keep up with the Joneses, as that saying goes. But, you know, you just may feel a little embarrassed pulling your maybe a little bit of a rust bucket into your friend's driveway or whatever, or maybe going to work. And, you know, you feel that, you know, everybody else around you has got new cars. So what won't happen if you do? Well, you won't feel embarrassed. You won't feel like, you know, you don't measure up to the same. And then, of course, the last one is what will not happen if I don't buy a new car? So what won't happen? Well, you won't feel that surge of excitement. Maybe that measure of success. I mean, to go out and buy a new car, to arrange the finances in such a way that you are able to do that. You won't feel that. You may be looking for somebody's approval, somebody to think better of you. Now, that's not a really good reason to be doing things. What other people think of you is none of your business, according to one of my friends. And, you know, as much as that hurts. Um, So what won't happen if you don't buy a new car? People might be looking at your rust bucket and thinking thoughts that, you know, you might be embarrassed about. And what won't happen if you don't? Well, you won't have car payments. Now, for some of us, that would be a big deal. And maybe that's the main part of the decision is saying, can I afford these car payments? If the answer is yes, then you know it's a little bit easier to go ahead and make that move. In some cases it might be, can I afford not to make car payments? Can I afford not to have a reliable, dependable car? So the Cartesian logic gives you those four questions to answer. And it's a little bit more comprehensive. Well, actually, it's a lot more comprehensive than just the pros and cons. So here are the questions. What will happen if I do? What will happen if I don't? The other side of the coin is what won't happen if I do? And what won't happen if I don't? In order to fill out a a chart like that or a quadrant like that, it will require some in-depth thinking, a little bit more perhaps than just a simple pros and cons chart. I would tend to think it is less emotionally based. And yes, the possibility is that you can skew the results. I mean, you could come up with the whole idea that no, you should not buy a new car. You can't afford it. It's too much money. Yada yada yada, and you're gonna say, "Oh, I'm gonna do it anyway." We can't use tools like this and save ourselves from our save uh, ourselves from ourselves. Does so that make sense? In, in the sense of saying, whatever decision you make is going to be your own decision, regardless of the facts in front of you. And it's like everything else in life, we have freedom of choice. So you might know exactly what it is you should be doing, but you're going to go and do the opposite anyway. Well, in that case, uh, I don't think any decision decision making tool is going to save you. I think if you're really interested in making a, a, a solid um, intellectual based decision, then use the tools, treat them like, Um, like an asset, like something that's to help you. And may I suggest perhaps some of us, I I include myself, I mean, I've, I've been down this road, where sometimes we just need to get out of our own way. Look at what the actual facts are, what the evidence shows, and put the emotion on hold for a while. Don't make it so emotionally based. Salespeople will tell you that a great percentage of sales are based on emotion. And I would suggest that perhaps maybe a great deal of our regrets are because of our emotions as well. Hard to say. I just suggest that perhaps when we're looking at making those choices, we base our decision on intelligence, on on sound reasoning, um, good thinking, critical thinking, and take it from there. Because we all know that in order to live the life that we are meant to live, it's all about the choices that we're going to make. Will we or won't we? That's the question. Or as Hamlet would say, being a former English teacher, to be or not to be. That's a huge question. But look at the decision-making tool that you're using Look at this one, see if it's going to be of any help to you. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, I would suggest you live fully. Live your life every day like it's a gift. Coldplay uh, lyrics were about if today was your last day. Many of us would live live differently if we knew that. So treat yourself well. Well and find a way that's going to help you make the decisions that are going to lead you to the life that you're meant to live. And I leave that with you today in the hopes that um, you will end up not living in the land of regret, but having lived the life you were meant to live. Again, this is Mary McCartney, and I dare you to get out there and find that way to live the life you want to live. Till next time. Bye.